welcome to the Rx Counter, a podcast produced by student pharmacists at the University of Iowa College of Pharmacy, where we provide student insight into the pharmacy profession. I'm your host, Emily Steimel, a P2, and today Mark Nagel, a P1, will be leading a conversation about different career paths in pharmacy at the counter today. The students here today are Sydney Ross, a P1, Tanner Fry, Carrie Starbeck, Morgan Conan, P2s, Matt Yates, a P4. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Mark, the counter is yours. Hi everyone. So today, as Emily said, we're gonna be talking about different career paths within pharmacy. And one of the reasons that I thought this topic was kind of pertinent and I wanted to talk about it was because um, as a P1, I really have no idea what I wanna do with a PharmD once I get one. Um, I've been exposed to different areas of pharmacy through IPPEs and work and shadowing opportunities. Um, but honestly, I would say that now I'm more confused as to what I want to do within pharmacy than I was before I started pharmacy school, just because being exposed to different things has really opened my eyes to all the different opportunities that there are um, within the pharmacy field. So I guess my first question for you all, and I can go ahead and answer it first after I pose the question is, um, did you come into pharmacy school with an idea of what you want to practice or how you want to practice? And how has it changed since you got into school? So I'll quickly answer that. Um, as a P1, only been in school for a semester and a half now, which is weird to say. Doesn't even feel like it's been that long. But um, before I started pharmacy school, I for sure thought like 100%, I want to do clinical pharmacy. Um, this is what I had shadowed. It's what like got me initially interested into pharmacy. But um, now I've worked in like the central pharmacy in the hospital, which is, it is hospital pharmacy, but it's different from clinical pharmacy in the sense that they're more um, the checks and balances for everything that the techs do before anything gets sent out. And that's pretty cool. Um, I've had different experiences through IPPEs that have kind of shown me um, different like community settings and also uh, had a shadowing opportunity at Dividos with Sydney actually, which was really interesting and totally changed my perception of what pharmacy looked like. It was more of an office setting. Um, and mostly phone calls, which I thought was really cool. Um, so I would say that what got me into pharmacy was that I knew I wanted to do something with medicine, but uh, kind of the cliche, but I don't like blood, but I also knew I wanted to do something where I could be in a medical field and help people. Um, and I thought I wanted to do clinical and now I really have no idea. So that's the short answer, I guess. I think for me coming into pharmacy school, I knew about hospital pharmacy, knew about community pharmacy, and that was kind of the most of my exposure at that point. And so after starting pharmacy school and just learning about even just a few more career opportunities, I have gravitated towards the idea of ambulatory care pharmacy. And I think it's a way that kind of combines working closely with healthcare professionals in a healthcare setting and also closely with patients that you're seeing regularly in a clinic setting because they're coming back every few months is what really draws me to the idea of ambulatory care pharmacy. So I don't know if I came into pharmacy school knowing that or if it was just like a shortly after starting and being kind of um, aware that that was a path that I could take. It's kind of the interest area that I've, I'm leaning towards right now. Um, for me, when I started pharmacy school, I was pretty much aware that I did not want to do community or hospital pharmacy, although I've 
been in the community setting and haven't been in the hospital setting. I always knew that for myself, I wanted something a little bit different. I wasn't exactly sure though what that would look like and how I can um, put together my ideas of that I'm interested in business as well as being a pharmacist and helping people. So coming in, I was really just coming in with an open mind and hoping to find my place. And pretty early on, I was fortunate enough to learn about the pharmaceutical industry and the opportunities for pharmacists in it. And ever since I've started learning about it, I've been more and more convinced that this is what I want to do um, based on the lifestyle and what you do in your profession and that you can impact so many patients' lives and that I can really tie in my business acumen as well as my clinical skills. So for me, I've worked at a community pharmacy going into pharmacy school. And I mean, I had always wanted to do hospital pharmacy. I was set like, oh, I'm going to do that, even though I had no experience in it. I just like knew that that was something I wanted to do. I was interested in going on rounds, doing all that, learning more about that. And so my focus was kind of pediatrics because I'm interested. I love working with kids. Pharmacy is a little bit different um, just because they're little kids. They're a little bit different. Can't use the same medications, different dosing. So that still interests me. But as of now, my pharmacy experience, I haven't really been able to experience hospital pharmacy as much as I would have liked. Um, I've definitely, because of COVID, I mean, I haven't been able to go on as many like IPPE experiences as I would have liked, but I'm looking forward to my IPP hospital experience, but um, definitely I'm kind of learning that community pharmacy is just as important, um, being able to interact with people. Um, <laughs> You get to talk to more people throughout the day. Um, they come in and out. You're able to see more people. And then you also get to follow them along their whole life. I mean, if they are a patient at your pharmacy, um, you can see them from as a teenager to adulthood. So I think it's just different aspects of what you would like. And I'm looking forward to experiencing more hospital pharmacy in the future with my schooling. So. I guess I haven't decided what exactly I would like to do, but there's definitely many options. I think for me, I've come into pharmacy school with mostly a hospital background. And uh, I think that's still been uh, the same track that I'm interested in, in uh, one and a half years later. Uh, my more in-depth interest is going into a hospital with possibly informatics. And that kind of just stems from uh, throughout my life, I've been like the guy who knows how to solve the technology problems. And uh, this is something that I think was also uh, really important to me. One of our Genesis board members uh, that I talked to at our P1 uh, engagement week, one of his uh, words of advice to me was, uh, if you want to do well, just make sure you solve people's problems. And I think informatics is actually a really great way to do that. And I think it, while it fills a niche role, I think um, it's something that I'd really enjoy uh, in order to help not only patients, but also help uh, pharmacists and other healthcare professionals within the hospital. And um, 
basically just uh, throughout my experiences uh, in pharmacy school, I've had both uh, hospital and uh, some community so far. And I came in with not really any interest in community, but um, I do see the importance now um, after my community rotation, uh, kind of similar to what Emily said, uh, that it's not necessarily something that we can ignore and we should really uh, just kind of keep an eye on it too. So informatics for me. I think personally, um, I've had a big change of direction kind of in where I see myself going as far as a pharmacy career since I entered pharmacy school. So coming into pharmacy school, I always thought I'm going to be a community pharmacist. That's what I had always been exposed to. I'd worked at Hy-Vee um, basically since high school, going into pharmacy school. And that's really all that I knew about. So I always just thought that that was something um, that I would enjoy doing the rest of my life. Um, and then after having a few experiences in the hospital, I kind of started to see um, the value in being a hospital pharmacist as well. And while I do really love community, um, I think that now I'm leaning more towards doing something in the, a clinical setting. I'm not quite sure what I would want to specialize in yet. That's still to be determined. But I definitely see myself going more towards a clinical path although I do still have a love for community pharmacy um, just since I've worked in that setting for almost five years now. So that is a path that I could see myself going, but right now I'm leaning more towards clinical. As a P4, I feel like I have almost scoped out my career path. However, I know that it's a forever changing journey but I entered pharmacy school wanting to cook and not be a chef, which was very strange. But my first exposure was actually the industry side, uh, pharmaceutical manufacturing plant. It's right below the College of Pharmacy. Actually, a lot of people don't even know about it, but I was shown a bunch of stand mixers, a bunch of ovens, a bunch of freezers. I was like, okay, yep, this is uh, basically cooking. I'll be a pharmacist. So throughout my journey as a student, I know this is weird and it's kind of an alternative path you would say, but uh, I really wanted to implement the idea of food and fitness into a pharmacy career, which led me to health coaching, which led me to functional medicine, alternative medicine. Uh, so, you know, as a pharmacist, I'm really looking to do a preventive care practice, look at people's nutrition, how their drugs are affecting them that way. Uh, can we get people off of medications by implementing first line therapy, which is lifestyle modifications for most people, helping coach them through that. I know a lot of people just don't even know about it. You're not really taught in school how to tell someone to exercise or tell someone to eat a healthy diet. So. That's where I wanna be uh, aiming for actually the community setting as kind of an entrepreneurial type of mind where you're gonna to have to implement a whole new practice idea. It's a great place where you can end up in an independent pharmacy and the management you have to work with to make a change for practice is two other people that you work with every day and not a whole, huge hospital system that you have to jump through 
hundreds of hoops and climbs hundreds of ladders to, you know, change one little thing. So that's where I want to end up. So I know Carrie mentioned this when she was talking about her perception of pharmacy as a P1. Um, but the way I kind of group everything is community and community and retail pharmacy, um, and then clinical and hospital pharmacy, and then there's kind of just everything else. And there's a lot in that everything else group, obviously, um, but we can talk about that in a little bit. First, let's talk about clinical versus community pharmacy. And I just am interested to hear what you guys would say um, are kind of the pros and cons of clinical pharmacy versus retail or community pharmacy. Um, so what are the specific things that might draw you to clin clinical pharmacy? And what are the specific things that might draw you to community? And then uh, the flip side of that, what are things that kind of turn you off about community or clinical, uh, community or clinical pharmacy? I think one thing that can be noted just in that question is that there are definitely clinical aspects of community pharmacy and kind of incorporating that in the fact that you don't like you do clinical things as a community pharmacist as well and just like making note of that like pharmacists whatever they're doing with their PharmD they're likely making a lot of clinical decisions anyway whether it is in that community setting or in that hospital setting. So with that being said, that there are like clinical decisions in both kind of categories of these two distinct types of pharmacy, I think I'm more drawn towards hospital pharmacy or clinical pharmacy because I think that it gets me kind of the in-between of working with patients and the community, but also working closely with other healthcare providers. Whereas in a community pharmacy, a lot of times like Yes, they can call doctors, contact prescribers, things like that, but it's just not as connected as it would be if I'm working in a healthcare system. And that's kind of the idea that I like is bringing both community, like working with the community and working with prescribers and other just healthcare professionals in general. To kind of uh, supplement what Carrie was saying, um, I feel like if you're looking at kind of like just traditional uh, hospital and community pharmacy roles, my um, understanding of like a black and white uh, type of difference is that typically you'd see in a hospital, you'd have more uh, as a pharmacist, as a pharmacist, you would have more interaction with other healthcare professionals, um, but you might not have as much patient care. And if you looked at community, you would have more patient care, but maybe not as much interaction interaction with other healthcare professionals. However, uh, if we're looking at the hospital side, you have the clinical ambulatory care pharmacist who does work with patients in a lot of their work. So they do have a lot of that patient care uh, head to head. Whereas if you look at the community side, for my uh, IPI community that I had last summer, it was actually uh, within a primary care clinic. So uh, even though you do have that head-to-head -head, uh, patient care as a pharmacist, the pharmacist or techs could also just walk into the doctor's office and ask him something as well. So I think it's more as pharmacy has evolved over time is where you do see this kind of mesh. And for some people that can really combine the best of both worlds, which is uh, one good thing to know about the location of where you're practicing. Yeah, like Tanner said, I like to think of it as 
really, who do you want to spend more of your time talking to? And would you rather sit down or be on your feet? <laughs> My hospital experience, I feel like I've been sitting a lot and I'm not the type that can really stand still. So sitting still does not work for me. Um, and then, you know, in the hospital, yeah, you get to talk to providers a lot more, but talking to a hospitalized patient doesn't really work out all the time. Maybe they're sedated, maybe they're intubated. You know, you're not going to ever make an impact with them. Same way you are in the community setting. If you have to fax providers all the time, almost the same thing. Sometimes it feels like never getting a response, but at least you get to talk to patients when they're, you know, at the top of the game, if they can walk into your pharmacy or walk into your clinic, they will be able to listen to whatever you say. And I'm all about education and empowering the patient to take their own health into their own hands. And if they know what I think they should look out for, they can go talk to their doctor about it if it's something pertinent. Otherwise, maybe they need to make changes on their own. Uh, you know, lifestyle, I already mentioned it, but if they have the know-how and the willpower to do that, then you can shape their health. I guess to me, I always thought like hospital, like you would see new things every day, new problems, new issues. And so I kind of based off of like hospitals, like new experiences, like you won't see the same thing ever in a patient or as like community, you basically do the same thing every day. Like it's just, you go to work, fill prescriptions, check them. Like you're still making clinical decisions as Carrie said, but I didn't think it was gonna be like as intense or as stressful. And like as working in a community pharmacy, I would say that that is not true. I mean, pharmacists come up with new issues patients calling and asking questions about just random things or like side effects about a medication and the pharmacist has to look it up or just random things like that. So I think um, that has also changed my thinking between hospital versus community is that you still see different things in community as you would in a hospital setting as well. So before I move on to the next question, I actually want to bring up that I think that's really good that you guys brought that up and kind of called me out on that I kept calling it clinical pharmacy versus community and retail. And part of that is because my only experience within pharmacy is in a hospital pharmacy. Um, and I have no experience in a retail or community pharmacy. Um, so I would say that that is definitely true that at a community pharmacy based on obviously based on what you guys are saying, I don't have any experience. Um, obviously, the pharmacists there are still making clinical decisions. I, I still think it was a fair question. Um, it's something that people don't realize, actually, um, how similar different parts of pharmacy actually are to each other, whereas you're kind of, you're doing maybe similar things that you do, but it's just a different kind of setting. And maybe it's different medications that you're working with, um, kind of like Emily said, like, maybe experimental ones, like the experimental COVID drug is remdesivir, but you won't ever see that in a community pharmacy. Um, but community pharmacy has its own stuff too. And so does compounding, nuclear, industry. 
So. And that's a pretty good segue into my next question is, um, I know that Matt and Sydney in particular have um, some interest in pharmacy that don't lie in necessarily like hospital or community, what you would necessarily think of uh, as like your traditional pharmacy career. Um, and I was actually curious. So I, I looked at APHA's website before this and it lists 28 different career paths, uh, career option profiles for pharmacy. And that's one of the things that made me interested in pharmacy initially is that I knew once I got a PharmD, there were a lot of different directions I could go with it. I'm not stuck to one thing per se. Um, so I guess um, I'd just like to ask you guys about some of those non-traditional pharmacy things and why you're interested in them. And I'll specifically start, um, I'll ask Matt a little bit about um, your interest area with, I know you kind of want to take more holistic approach to people's health. Yeah, Mark, you're right. Uh, I, you know, before I started in pharmacy school, I was told that pharmacy is a big umbrella over a lot of different career paths, which again was exciting to me because I knew I could find something I'd enjoy within the profession. As far as you know, what I want to do with functional medicine and preventative care, uh, something you have to realize, especially in a community setting, is there are a plethora of over-the-counter products that you're responsible for knowing, or at least being able to figure out how to tell someone do I think you should take this? Do I think you should not? Um, there's so much know-how that <laughs> we're not taught in pharmacy school about natural products and a lot of nutrition and how that affects the body. So, you know, in a time where community pharmacy is facing a lot of issues as far as payment goes, these are actually a decent option. A lot of professional grade supplement companies are out there giving a lot of good returns, uh, huge margins on products. And if you can tell people, hey, this is why I think you should be on this supplement because of your other medications or your other chronic disease states. And this is why I think it's beneficial that you pay a little bit more than getting something else like magnesium oxide that's got 4% bioavailability that won't do a thing for you, except maybe give you a little more harm. Uh, they'll be more on board with you and willing to say, hey, I will fork out a little more money and do this. Um, you know, as far as like the preventive care and the coaching side of things, I've kind of grown as a person interested in the food and the fitness aspect, got to a point where I was like, hey, I feel like I could help people along the same sort of journey that I've been on. And I know how impactful lifestyle modifications are to general health and well being. So we're in a grace to do something like that uh, through the CDC, like diabetes uh, management and education courses paid for by insurance. There's no reason pharmacists can provide that 
service to patients who are being seen picking up boxes and boxes of insulin or you know, all these new injectables, any orals. I mean, there's plenty of drugs for it or the diabetes prevention program, trying to identify people that might be pre-diabetic and trying to help them figure it out and stop. <laughs> Plus, I mean, you ask anyone, do you want to take fistfuls of pills every day? And I will guarantee you that no one is going to say, oh yeah, that sounds like a great idea. People are always looking to get off their drugs. And, you know, as a pharmacist, we can look at that and say, hey, here's how to do it safely. That's why I'm interested in all of this. Kind of going off what you said there, Matt, I like how you kind of brought up that as pharmacists, uh, we actually do look at getting patients off of medications. I think a common misconception is that as pharmacists, like we want patients on as many medications as possible because that makes us money. When in reality, we're actually looking, okay, what medications does this patient need to be on and which ones could we maybe look at discontinuing, whether that be um, just to decrease their pill burden, to help them with costs, or you know, just to simplify their medication regimen. I think it's really important that we are considering that, you know, we don't want patients on a ton of medications. Our goal ultimately would be to help them implement lifestyle modifications or figure out different ways that we can actually get them off of medications so that they can live a healthier lifestyle. So Sydney, I know that you're particularly interested in industry pharmacy and you're involved in the healthcare business leadership program. Um, through the University of Iowa College of Pharmacy. Um, what in particular drew you to want to pursue a career in industry pharmacy? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a non-traditional route of pharmacy that I think a lot of students, especially here at our university, aren't aware of. And I am trying to educate people on it more. Um, essentially, for me, I see it as a way that I can combine my clinical knowledge and my desire to help patients, but on a larger scale, and I see it as a way to help not hundreds or even thousands of patients, but that I can affect potentially millions of patients um, from my work and from working with whether that be physicians or researchers or people just on the marketing team or on the medical affairs team. There's so many people that you can work with that aren't people that you're going to work with in other positions in pharmacy that are going to affect what drugs get on the market and if they should be on the market and if they're safe for patients to use and effective for them. So for me, it's really just a way that I can spread my wings and be able to help as many patients as possible. And then also be able to um, show that pharmacists really in general can hold these more important positions and really are essential in every field and that we need to expand our career opportunities more I think everybody is aware that the outlook for pharmacists in the community setting is going down and there are a ton of statistics on that. So we have to find ways that pharmacists can enter different professions and make new opportunities for ourselves so that people can see how important we are and that we can also have a greater impact on patients. Could you tell us a little bit more about like what industry pharmacists do? Because I'm not 
I'm not very informative about the area. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. So essentially industry is a different path rather than community or hospital pharmacy that um, pharmacy students can take and pharmacists can take any at any point in their career. They can transition to the industry from community settings or from um, hospital settings. And I think there are about 11 functional areas that pharmacists can be involved in and that PharmDs are essential to. Everywhere from research and development team to regulatory affairs, medical affairs, which is the more clinical side, all the way up to the market access, marketing and health economics and outcome research sides that are a lot more focused on how the drug is gonna be presented to the patient and how to get the necessary drugs to the patients. Um, because if you think about it, all of these new drugs that are coming out, they're gonna be super expensive. And how do we know that the patients that need them are gonna be able to get them? And that's really what interests me the most is that post um, research side of things in the marketing fields, in the health economics research outcomes field. And essentially it's just, being part of the pharmaceutical industry in a way that we can bring all of our expertise on the clinical side and our patient knowledge and all of our past experiences from retail in clinical pharmacy or hospital pharmacy that we can say, hey, these are the barriers that drugs face on the market and that patients are having issues with having them be accessible to them. How do we fix this? And how do we make the future medications for patients more effective? So I know outside of Sydney and Matt's interest areas, there's obviously a plethora of other things that you can do with a PharmD. There's the MPH uh, PharmD program we have here at the university. There's plenty of schools that offer PharmD and JD, the law degree as well. Um, and I know Tanner briefly mentioned that he's interested in information technology um, crossover with pharmacy. Um, are there any other like non-traditional pharmacy pathways that interest you guys in particular? So one field of pharmacy that I do know that PharmDs can be very vital to is the managed care side of pharmacy, which deals with how insurance companies and PBMs and the pharmacies and the physicians work together to negotiate prices and to deliver the medications to the patients that they need them in. And I think pharmacists are vital in this role because we, again, we know the barriers that cost presents to patients when they're trying to get their medications. And I think we've all seen the insurance issues that have arisen from new drugs on the market, brand name versus generic drugs. And this is another field of pharmacy that PharmDs are really necessary to. Coming into pharmacy school, I learned about the palliative care program at Iowa, which is a certificate program. And Carrie and I are both in the program. And going in, I didn't really know what palliative care was. And to me, it seemed like it was just something like hospice, like pharmacists and doctors helping at the end of the last stage of life. But palliative care is mostly for um, patients who have like, who have like started at a young age, who have a long-term life illness um, that they can receive care through. Um, and there's outpatient palliative care and there's inpatient palliative care. We did do a po podcast on palliative care a while back if people are interested in listening to that too, but it's also another area of pharmacy that I didn't really know about coming in. And 
pharmacists do really make an impact on about managing people's symptoms or um, like the pill burden, polypharmacy, like getting rid of medications that patients don't need at the end of life, um, at their end of life. So I think it's also a new uh, area that I didn't know about before coming in that pharmacists do make an impact in. And one more thing to kind of top off the palliative care discussion, it really takes a look at patients as a whole. And it's a lot of kind of shared decision-making between patients and their families and prescribers and the pharmacists. And it really allows the care plan for patients to be individualized towards them because there are guidelines for almost every single disease state out there that pharmacists can follow, but sometimes what's in a guideline might not be right for that individual patient. So really talking with the patients, talking with their families and making decisions based on their wants, their needs, and their goals is kind of how palliative care approaches most situations. Jumping ships to uh, association and legislation, there's always the advocacy side of pharmacy. And we've done a decent amount of (laughs) support for getting student pharmacists ready and knowledgeable about how to advocate for the profession. But all in all, having a state association is a huge benefit to pharmacy, the pharmacy profession as a whole for the entire state as far as practice goes. Iowa is one of the more progressive states across the nation because we have such a huge team dedicated to making sure that all pharmacists, no matter what career path they're on, are supported and have one unified voice behind any legislation and proposals that we may try to send into the Capitol to get bills passed or to just change how we're able to practice and to climb further and further to the top of our license. And, you know, those things wouldn't happen if we didn't have people that knew how to relate to all the pharmacists dealing with all of these issues based on what laws are written about what we can and cannot do and then telling our legislators, hey, this needs to happen and change, and here's the benefit that's going to come of it. And I know there's going to be pushback from all the other associations, like from other providers, but here's the statistics on how pharmacy is going to impact the public health, because all in all, a legislator is concerned about his or her constituents. So I have one last question to pose for you all, and I know we'd all be rich if we need to answer this question, Um, but if you had to speculate, what do you see as emerging fields in pharmacy over the next 20 years or so? Personally, I think industry is going to become a lot more accessible to pharmacists in the next 10 to 15 years. Um, I've done a lot of research on the field, and I know that is a projected 6% growth by, I believe, 2025, which is pretty significant considering that um, community pharmacy is projected to go down 3% by 2025. 
And also just based on the number of fellowships, which is essentially a postdoctoral residency, um, but for the pharmaceutical industry, those have gone up drastically just since I believe 2013, they've doubled for pharmacists. So I think that the industry is really recognizing how important pharmacists are. And I think it's gonna just keep growing. Yeah, I agree with Sydney. I think there's going to be huge changes in how research and development happens. The more and more we can 3D model our drugs and drug targets in the body, the less and less we have to make them in a lab and test them over and over again. Uh, you know, pre-phase one or I, I don't know, whatever you call it, before you even have a product to even test in clinical trials, a lot of money and time gets dumped into finding any sort of drug that might make a difference for what you want. Or maybe it that makes a difference for something you didn't want, but is still somewhat helpful somewhere else. So use it for that. But that's a lot of money and time. And I think going forward, that's going to come down significantly so. I think one area of pharmacy that is growing um, is potentially getting pharmacist provider status and and there are some states that have already um, passed laws that give pharmacists provider status and allow them to really work at the top of their um, license. But this is an area that I can see growing in the next 15, even sooner years, um, just really allowing pharmacists to use the clinical knowledge that we gain in pharmacy school and be able to manage patients with diabetes, with cardiovascular disease with hypertension and be able to adjust their uh, medication regimens and really work closely with the patient without necessarily needing to contact the prescriber to change something that pharmacists are very capable of doing themselves. And I think, again, this goes back even to the legislation and advocacy part of pharmacy. Um, we need those people advocating for pharmacists to really work at the top of their um, top of their profession, top of the license. And that's an area that will definitely grow within the next few years and really allowing us to practice and use the knowledge that we're gaining in pharmacy school because we have that knowledge and it can be used to better patients' lives and even potentially save money for patients, but also still getting pharmacists the recognition and to get pharmacists the reimbursement that they deserve. And another area that I've alluded to already is the whole supplement market. People are trying to control their own health on their own and buying all these random products off the shelves that are over the counter where they don't have to go to the hospital, they don't have to get prescriptions or see a doctor. Maybe they'll just do telemed online and basically find a doctor through an app, kind of like Tinder. I hope that doesn't happen, but uh, <laughs> maybe our informaticists can make sure that doesn't happen for us. Anyway, the supplement market is projected to grow to about $300 billion by about 2030. So again, being able to have an understanding of how to traverse all, all these 
natural supplement products, natural random products, who knows what they are really get people on either nothing or the right stuff. It's going to be important. And then telling people, Hey, I'm here to make sure that you're safe. And I don't want you to take that because this reason people are going to listen to us. We are professionally trained. We are credible. We just have to let people know that. Thank you guys for joining me today. We kind of scratched the surface on different career paths within pharmacy. Um, and hopefully this conversation was helpful for those of you that are like me, um, pretty undecided on what they want to do within pharmacy. That's all the time we have. Thank you everyone for sharing. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time at the Rx counter.